Welcome to this Faith Builders Church live stream. I am excited. I, I can't wait to get into this tonight. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking about the value of the local church. This is part two. I encourage you to go back and listen to part one. Really went into, you know, the, 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 the rock that the church or the community is built on and how that opens the supernatural and how that opens uh, us to walk in the kingdom of God. Of course, you know, uh, we talked about Jesus and going into the temple, right? And boy, he didn't like what he saw. And uh, he wanted his temple or his church to be a house of prayer. And uh, then, of course, he went in and, and, and began to minister to people and perform many miracles. But we also talked about hardships last week as well. And that's kind of where we end, ended. And it's important that we begin to understand that, you know what, you're going to face hardships in your life. You're going to face mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, uh, things outside of yourself, hardships that are going to come into your life. And really, the question is, is, is who are you going to turn to? I, I know you can turn to God. I know that you can you know, pray to God and He hears your prayers and all that kind of thing. But he also says that he's building his church, right? And there's a purpose in that church. You know, we talked about last week how we're to call for the elders of the church. That talks about a church. That talks about a structure that talks about, you know, you're the local assembly of people. And, you know, I've seen lots of people, they, 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 they come to church, they get their lives all straightened out. And, you know, they're just on fire for the things of God. But then all of a sudden they kind of grow cold again. Then they kind of go outside the church again. And I don't see them for a while. And then they come back and they've got the, the same problems that they started with before. And then they're just starting right back over. But you know what? God will just keep blessing and blessing and blessing. God's not trying to judge. He's trying to call you to himself, call you to the church because he has a purpose for the local church. And that local church is to meet the needs of the community, not with our works, not with how good I am or how good you are, not even with just my personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but really with the church, the community. And as church by church by church by church, we start to actually create a network of the kingdom of God. This is what this whole thing is all about. If the early church establishes, established church, and we'll get into that over the next few weeks, and they also established home groups, you know, there was a distinction there. And so what you got to understand is there is a church, there is the temple, there is the place where we are to congregate. But I want to open with this scripture found in Romans 12, verse 3 through 6. And it says, because of the privilege and authority God has given to me, right? So this is Paul the Apostle talking. And it's, it's not me talking, it's not you talking, it's Paul the Apostle. And he says, because of the privilege and authority God has given to me. He isn't saying it was given to everybody, he was saying it was given to him. It says, I give you each this warning. Do not think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given to us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with uh, Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts uh, for doing certain things well. 
So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given to you. And so what we're seeing here is that there are different gifts, but there is one body. Somebody say one body. You know, sometimes I see a lot of people that want to do good things and they want to go out and they want to minister and they want to operate in their gifts, but they really haven't been trained on how to do that. And the other thing I would say is, is that a lot of people want to go out and they want to get that, but they don't want to actually be accountable for doing what they're doing. And so, you know, when you look at Pastor Paul, I, me, am accountable to all the pastors of Faith Builders Church, to Bishop and Pastor Gloria. I am accountable to all of them. I will stand before them and they could come to me and say, hey, you know, Pastor Paul, you said this, it didn't line up with the word of God and it's yes, sir, yes, ma'am. And I'm going to get my life back on track to do what God's called me to do. Not here for my agenda. I'm not here, you know, to, 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 to just say a bunch of things and not have the level of accountability that I can go to and say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm accountable here. We had a leadership meeting here uh, maybe a couple months ago. And um, I, I was at that meeting and I said, you know, I really need to say something. So I want you to know I really do walk the walk here. And I stood up in front of the entire leadership team and I said to them, I said, you know what? I said, if you are to follow me, you are to follow her. And I was, I was, I was talking about Pastor Barb and she was standing there right next to me. You see, I am accountable in the local church, and I can tell you from personal experience, because I am accountable to do the work that God has called me, I have a gift, and I'm, I'm willing to do it, but I'm also accountable for that gift to the people in the local church. Not people that are, are far away and I, I don't really get to talk with them, or they really don't know what I'm doing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I have someone in the body of Christ, a group of people that I personally hold myself accountable to. And as a result of that, I have no doubt that the effectiveness of the ministry that I have or the gifts that I have are actually in a, of greater influence or greater effect because of that level of accountability. And I just want to encourage all of you, you know, you've got to get accountable to the body of Christ. We're here talking about the value of the local church, the, the church that Jesus is building. And if he's building it, it's full of supernatural opportunities that aren't natural. There's no ladder to climb in the local church or in ministry. There's nothing like that whatsoever. It's what is my gift? Who am I accountable for, uh, to for operating in that gift? Have I been, have I been uh, uh, equipped to do this gift? You know, it's one thing to know what you're going to do. It's a whole other thing to really um, you know, know that what you're going to do is going to be effective. I've seen a lot of people, and they, they may get a word from a prophet, or they may get a word from somebody, and that word is a powerful word, and it's a big picture word sometimes. You know, the big picture. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to 
preach to millions or, you know, oh, I'm going to feed tens of thousands or, oh, I'm going to do this and, oh, I'm going to do that. And sometimes if you're not careful, you'll get caught up in the big picture rather than the very next thing you're supposed to be doing. It doesn't mean you abandon everything that God's got going on in your world. It just means, okay, I received that word. And you know what? If it happens now, five minutes from now, five years from now, five decades from now, praise the Lord, it's going to happen because I'm going to find myself in the local church. I'm going to be submitted to godly authority. I'm going to make sure that whatever I do, I am equipped to do and I am accountable to do those things because it's not enough to just have the gift i've been gifted to do other things or i thought i was gifted to do other things only to find out i got out there and said well man alive this is not necessarily what i thought it was going to be it doesn't mean that i'm not going to become gifted in that but one of the things that i've learned in my walk with christ is that i learned to focus on my strengths not my weaknesses Because if I'm weak in an area, that tells me that there's someone around me that possesses that strength. And if I'm not careful, I'll hold on to something that I shouldn't hold on to in the local assembly. And I'll hold on to that thing and not allow that person to grow in who they are in Christ. And and, and listen, that is problematic in and of itself. So I have just learned, I hope you learn as well, don't focus on your weaknesses, don't try to make something happen, just walk in the Spirit and you'll never fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's all going to start right in the local assembly. That's the place that you're going to be able to call if you're in the hospital, or you need some prayer, or you need some ministry, or you need something to happen for you in your life. That's what the local church is all about. It's to help you with deliverance. It's to help you with the laying on of hands. People far off can't do that for you. People who, who are, you choose to uh, be accountable to who are afar off, how can they possibly do that? They're not with you week in, week out. They're not at the church picnics. They're not at all the events that we host here. They don't know you like your local church can know you. I want to say this, that be careful that you don't come to church and just kind of sit quietly off to the side get to know some people you know i've heard people say well i don't want to go to you know this church anymore because you know i don't have any friends well praise the lord if you don't have any friends all you got to do is be friendly praise the lord and you'll find friends but don't take where god has planted you where he's watering you and then uproot yourself just to plop yourself somewhere else and probably end up with the same exact circumstance really pray ask god god where do you have me god where have you planted me and i'll tell you most of you watching this know exactly where god's planted you and you don't need to worry about those kinds of things but some people are still on that fence some people still don't know ask god to guide you Reach out to a pastor here. Talk with us. Let us know what's going on in your world. Let us help you. You know, we don't have an interest to keep you here at Faith Builder Church if God hasn't planted you here, but we sure do want to do that if he has planted you here. Because, and it's not for our benefit, it's for your benefit. It's so that you can blossom. It's so that you can be equipped for the work of the ministry that God has in store for you. Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 41 to 52. I know it's a little bit long, but we want to make sure we're reading the whole Word of God. A lot of people will send me things of a scripture, 
But they've taken that scripture completely out of context and they haven't really read through to see what's going on. So let's read this together. It says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, in the church, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. Here we have equipping of Jesus himself. It said that he had questions. It said that he was listening to these religious leaders. That's the purpose of the local assembly. It says, all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you, he says, but why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must, oh, I must be in my father's house but they didn't understand what he meant then he returned to nazareth with them and was obedient to them and his mother stored all these things in her heart jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with god and all the people of the kingdom you see but Jesus, if it's important for Jesus to be in his father's house, oh, I mean, this is the son of God. I mean, you know, like, wow, you know, he was there before there was a before, before there was a before. He was the one that was the word of God that when God was speaking, everything became. And here he is saying, I, I, I think I should be in the father's house. No, he said, I with an astounding must be found in my father's house. And right there, he was, he was receiving understanding from the religious leaders. I'm sure they were talking about things that didn't line up with the word of God. And that's where, you know, he, Jesus was able to, you know, hear what they were saying, but then kind of question and say, well, what about this and what about that? And, you know, they were astounded by that. But my point here is, is that it was important for Jesus to be in the church. And if it was important for him to be in the church, it's important for us to be in the church. You know, when you think about it, how can anyone other than the local church truly address what's happening in the community, right? John 8, 1 through 11 says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the, at the temple, at the church. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. Where did they bring her? To the church. They put her in front of the crowd. 
Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses says to stone her. But what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. I believe he's just writing the word of God. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust again. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman at the temple, in the church. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them, didn't even one of them condemn you? No, the Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. You got to see that Jesus was found in the temple. There are many, many references in the word of God that this is where he went. And it was for the purpose of the church to be fulfilled that he did that. I mean, I start to think about how these Pharisees and Sadducees were able to actually provide instruction to Jesus as a boy, but yet they were. I also find it interesting that here you have a sinner who's brought into the church, and when that person's brought into the church, the people in the church saw something about her that was wrong rather than having a willingness to minister to her. I'm talking to somebody out there and I'm telling you, no matter what you've done, no matter who you've done it with, I'm telling you, you are welcome at Faith Builders Church. I want to personally invite you. You can be my guest. You can sit with me on the front row. Hallelujah. Don't allow any sin that you've ever committed keep you out of the body of Christ. Right here we have Jesus showing us that he's in the temple. He's in the church. And there is a sinner that needs salvation right there. And instead of judging her, instead of, you know, pointing a finger at her, instead of saying she's indifferent, Jesus said, no, 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 you're, you're welcome here in this place. And so I just want to encourage you as we continue to go through these materials here, that you really begin to understand that the church is important to Jesus. And if the church is important for Jesus, and we're going to talk about how he's coming back for a certain kind of church in the next few weeks. He's not coming back for a weak, anemic church. He's not coming back for one that just says, well, I'll come when I can, or, you know, whenever it works out, or, you know, I'll just drop the kids off so they can get Sunday school today, or, you know, I'll just watch online every once in a while. No, I'm talking about the coming together. I'm talking about the, that koinonia. I'm talking about getting the body of Christ back together. Listen, I tell you, Jesus is greater than the coronavirus. And I'll tell you, it's good that we're keeping each other safe right now. But also I can say that there has been a lot of published studies that have shown depression and suicide and a number of other things. Loneliness have increased. Anxiety has increased since April uh, of this year. So it's time for us, the church, to come back together into this local assembly, praising and worshiping God, bringing our tithes into the storehouse. 
you know, coming in and hearing the word of God so that we're equipped for the work of the ministry. You know, we have so much going on here at Faith Builders Church that I don't want you to miss out on anything. You know, every time those doors are open, you know, clear your calendar, get it on your calendar. Say, you know what? I see the value of the local church. I want to get more involved in the local church. I want to become more equipped for the work of the ministry. Listen, it's not going to be up to me or a pastor or anybody else to to elevate you in the kingdom of God. It's going to be up to Jesus himself. But if you really want to grow in the kingdom, you've got to get plugged in to the local church. I'll tell you, I love the local church. I don't think that there's a greater force out there than the local church, an assembly of like-minded people all coming together to celebrate the finished work of Jesus Christ so that they can be equipped for the work of the ministry that God planned for them a long time ago and being able to do it in a very safe and efficient manner and an effective manner. You know, it wouldn't matter if we had a thousand people in a church if we're not getting people saved, delivered, healed. I mean, you know, uh, uh, delivered from alcohol, drugs, getting uh, uh, women, you know, out of bad situations and, you know, just, just liberating people, then it wouldn't matter that there was a thousand. Jesus had a church of 12. 12 people were in his church. And you know what? He discipled those people and they became the disciples and they became the catalyst after he left to actually establish the local church. And so I just want to thank you for tuning in. We're going to continue with this uh, over the next few weeks. And I hope you're getting blessed by this. I hope you can see the value of the local church. And we're going to be getting into structure and, and so on and so forth in the upcoming weeks. So I just want to encourage you to just tune right back in next Wednesday. also want to personally invite you to church on Sunday. Uh, Pastor Barb's going to have an incredible message both at the 9 o'clock and the 1030 services. We want to encourage you to come and fill this place. I mean, the, 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 the praise and worship all the way through the message has just been absolutely powerful. And it's powerful because we all come together. Hallelujah. Um, I want to make sure everybody has the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior before I close this service. So I want you to say this prayer together with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Listen, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please put a comment in the feed down below. Please let someone know so that we can get uh, important information to you. Please come and visit us here at the church and you know, get involved and, and get connected with what we're doing here as well. I just want to thank you for all, to, all, all, all of you for tuning in. God bless you all, and until next time, God bless.